going on y'all it's quincy jones go from the quincy jones show man i just gotta shoot you guys a huge thank you because it's been a wonderful three years myself mark mcfly and doc lesnar we've been doing this it's been a great journey for three years man trying to put on for the culture man call great matches just doing all kinds of media and hidden shows it's been great it's been great. The experiences interacting with fans online and off has been tremendous, man. The support, always appreciated. Thank you guys for listening, for tuning in to the news, everything we ever just contribute, as well as everything we do on the media side. Again, it's been a blessing, and I want to thank you guys. And the way we want to thank you guys is offer you guys a sweet deal for our brand new merchandise. This year, we kicked it off with a brand new logo. Now we have merch with that logo on it, and it could be yours. Great offer, $10 a shirt each. We have three sizes currently right now, medium, large, and XL. All you got to do is email us at Show at gmail.com. Hit us up with your size and also your address of where we can send it to. And you could also send us a $10 whether you got cash, cash money. We got cash app. We got Venmo. We got Zelle. We got PayPal. Whatever it is, hit us up. We'll accommodate. All you got to do is hit us up if you want to support. Again, right now we got a special sale, $10 per shirt, all because it's our three-year anniversary, man. All that and more. Don't forget to subscribe everywhere and follow us on social media for more updates on new merch coming soon. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the IE, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. What's going on, everybody? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show, and I got to let you know this is a very special Quincy Jones Show as I'm doing my first solo review, but not just by myself. I got quite a few people watching live. That's why I said watching live, but you're listening. How is this possible? Because Justin Lopez of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight has afforded me the opportunity to give you guys a live review, not only on this podcast, but as well as on his Facebook page, the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Go ahead and follow right now, 70,000 and strong and going to share a lot of our stuff. And uh, we've been actually hooking up to go to a lot of different shows uh, for AEW from uh, this year as well as last. So definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Justin Lopez and the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Follow him right now at PW Spotlight everywhere. Also the Spotlight on Facebook. But uh, yeah, man, I just want to let you guys know Doing a little bit different this time. He actually was supposed to be accompanying me to the show. Uh, extenuating circumstances got the better of him and actually ended up missing his flight, unfortunately. Uh, we were live texting each other as he was watching the show back in New York, uh, which is funny. You know, I'm from California. He's from New York. We're in two different parts of the coast that we were supposed to meet up in the Midwest. Go figure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, um, again, uh, I'm definitely appreciative of, of him letting me be on uh, his page broadcasting out and. uh being able to put this lovely face on his uh, <laughs> on his page as well. But uh, I wanted to intro you guys to this special episode of the Quincy Jones Show, episode uh, 90. Man, I can't believe we're already at 90. Uh, but yeah, man, again, uh, thank you guys for listening. This is going to be my uh, official review of um, AEW uh, Revolution. And uh, without further ado, let's go. going on you guys uh, i'm quincy jones go from the quincy jones show and uh actually was asked to do a live review for AEW revolution on behalf of justin lopez of the spotlight and i'm sure you guys are already following him already or else you would already be here but uh yeah actually we were supposed to meet up uh do the AEW revolution thing we've been meeting up for a lot of the past AEW shows and whatnot so I pretty much was there live on uh, Saturday night. Uh, was supposed to meet up with Justin uh, 
extenuating circumstances got the better of the situation. So unfortunately, I was uh, solo dolo in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena. But um, he did hit me up to see if I'd be interested to do this live review of the show. I was there live. Um, I did have a chance to watch a little bit of the the show back on TV. It is a little bit different uh, than being there live. Obviously, there's a lot of out of context matches as far as like uh, psychology you can't really pick up on. There's not a you know there's no commentary to listen to and stuff like that. There's no storytelling except what's you know what you're watching in the ring. So, on that note, let's get into the show, man. Um, there was a dark match, I believe it was Hikaru Shida and Yuka. No, no, I'm sorry, it was Yuka Sakazaki and Riho. Excuse me. Uh, taking on Britt Baker as well as uh, Penelope Ford. Uh, we'll probably see that, uh, I think it'll drop probably Tuesday night. It was okay match. Um, you know, Kip Sabian's there, so there's that. And uh, a lot of his uh, involvement in the match, but uh, that was the dark match. Obviously, you guys, I doubt you guys saw it. Um, I know there was a pre-show match, uh, Dark Order and FCU. Uh Obviously, the place blew up when we saw Colt Cabana make his, uh, you know, special appearance and all that. Uh, it was cool, though. The uh, the Chicago crowd was really into it, um, definitely feeding into the Christopher Daniels stuff, uh, even to the end. I thought it was kind of funny how uh, Colt Cabana and Christopher Daniels got, like, the upper hand, like, right at the end as they're still playing their music. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a great time, great opener uh, for the pre-show or uh, the buy-in, as they like to call it. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good show so far. People were still uh, getting to the arena, um, still getting beer, still getting their seats. Uh, cause a lot of people don't know the Wintrust arena actually it's a brand new arena. Um, obviously if you're not native to, to Chicago, you really don't know, but, uh, that's pretty much all I was getting while I was out there. It was, it was a brand new arena. It was, uh, they just finished building it. They've only had two real major, uh, events at the arena. I think one was like a star, star Wars convention. And then. Uh, the other one was like a concert or something. So it, it was a definitely a different venue, uh, just as big, if not maybe just a tiny bit smaller than uh, the Sears Center where the Bulls play, uh, back where they uh, had all in and all out as well. Um, but, yeah, it was great atmosphere, uh, packed, legit sellout. Um, it was great. It was, it was a great time, definitely. But, yeah, let's get into the, the action. Let me look at my notes here. Uh, obviously, we opened up with uh, Justin, uh, Justin, Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hager. I'm definitely interested in this match. I was uh, happy that they added this match on the, I think it was two weeks ago in uh, Atlanta. Uh, if not, at, yeah, I think it was Atlanta. It wasn't the go home. Um, but it was a great match. Obviously something we've been wanting to see for a while. Dustin Rhodes pointing out the fact that, you know, Jake Hager's been here for a while with a contract but has not wrestled. So, uh you know, on top of the fact that there was already a built-in uh, story there with the fact that he did break uh, Dustin's arm. Um, but, yeah, I was definitely interested to see how this was going to go. Jake Hager's first match. We got Dustin, who's a pro, doing what he does. And, again, the story's already built in. So, just one of my notes here. Um, off the top, I was really uh, digging the entrance, uh, entrance attire of uh, Jake Hager with the, the short sleeve hoodie. Looked like he had a little bit of Versace uh, trim to it. Um, you know, got a chance to be introduced to, uh, Jake Hager's official ring gear and a uh, new theme song. Uh, definitely had more of a, uh, John Moxley, New Japan feel do it. Probably a lot closer to what he wrestles in in MMA. Um, but yeah, I wasn't mad at it. It wasn't mad at it at all. Uh, love the fact that Dustin Rhodes had the, I'm here to, uh, Fight Jericho's bitch shirt on. That was great. The crowd loved that. It was a great pop. Um, and honestly, one of the things that I did enjoy that, you know, they did a little playback to, you know, you had uh, the match start off with Hager kissing his wife. And then later in the match, you had Dustin. And uh, for those, I can't imagine there's those who watch Dustin Rose have no idea who he was or what he's done in the past. But, uh, you know, kind of went a little bit of old school gold dust status. Uh, for those that know, you know. Used to sometimes uh, plant a uh, big kiss on the lips of his opponents in the ring. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny that he actually ended up doing this to uh, Jake Hager's wife, but I digress. Um, there was a few power spots here, man. Uh, there was the, that clothesline from uh, Hager to Dustin on the outside that uh, Aubrey was kind of checking on Dustin. It looked pretty gnarly, man. It was pretty ugly. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, just knocked the air out of him or something, but it uh, looked... The concern from Aubrey to check on him looked real legit. Uh, I've se obviously, we've seen this, you know, this spot more than a couple times, and it wouldn't be anything 
that the WWE referees or anybody else would really check on. I mean, it's it's a closed line, but it looked massive, uh, especially when you take uh, Dustin and Jake. The size of both those guys are ridiculous. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. There, and then there was the clothesline from uh, that Dustin uh, landed on Hager, where he actually uh, landed on the apron. That one was a uh, another one of those spots where the crowd was uh, you know kind of cringing and looked really bad, but it was real effective. You know what I mean? Um, I love the false finish where we had uh, Hager hitting the old school gut-wrench powerbomb. Uh, and right after that, uh, that very close, close call, the crowd very much in the dust and obviously, uh, you know, squeaking out the shoulder for a two count. Um, and then, you know, it, I don't know. It was just overall, uh, I, I give this match uh, probably three and a half out of five, to be honest, if we're going to go on the, the old five-star rating. Um, I don't know. It's just... I felt that, again, with the built-in story, there wasn't as much... Um, I felt like there, should, there was missing uh, a large portion of aggressiveness in this match as far as, the, the again, the built-in story. He broke your arm, dude. That's, pers- that's as personal as it gets, especially when it comes to wrestling and that old-school mentality. Someone breaks a limb or anything or tries to, you know, take food off your table, take you out, uh, you know, leave you missing uh, for, you know, months off your uh, your career. That That's personal, you know what I mean? So I didn't feel like this... Match had that deep-rooted personal feeling to it, um, but then again, I, I don't know. I was kind of a, I watched just the one of the matches I watched back, and you know, watching live, I felt like it was just kind of lagging. That again, that aggressiveness, that that intensity between the two, because you know, you got the guy that he's an MMA fighter. That's how they've been building him up all this time. Uh, then you got the guy who you know he broke his arm, and now the guy who who you know his arm is healed and now he's coming back for blood you know what I mean uh, and he said it I'm coming for your blood I didn't feel like Dustin really came for his blood in this match um still a great match but it was a li- little bit weird to see Hager wrestle a more like a uh, calculated style uh obviously you know there was plenty of rest holds that, that's what was weird I mean granted again watching back I saw he was doing a lot of different like submissions and stuff like that obviously playing a little bit more to his strengths as uh, now a more well-rounded uh MMA uh you know athlete but still with you know amateur wrestling background and all that so of course we got the suplexes and the you know the power moves and uh the, the different again submissions and stuff like that uh and it got the debut of a new finish for jake hager the triangle uh hold similar to uh braun Strowman's first finish when he was uh the black sheep of the white family if you guys are familiar but um yeah again it was just a real slow methodic pace um but I did like the uh, the nice callback on commentary uh, when he did use the triangle, and they you know they called back to Hager's real match that he actually won with that move. So um, I can get with that. I can get with that, especially again they're trying to push him in a whole different uh, character direction uh, from obviously We the People and stuff like that. Uh, and now that I say that, I, I got to say this, man. I love wrestling fans, but some of you guys are idiots. Uh, there was this guy that was sitting directly behind us, and you could tell his friend brought him like his friend was the AEW fan and this guy was the WWE you know loyalist which look if you're gonna watch both I do it's fine you know it's just you know you can watch both without hating on one or the other but man this guy was just so brainwashed man it was just like everything that Swagger was doing he would just or listen to me call him Swagger anything Hager, uh, Hager was doing he kept calling him Jack Swagger anything Literally anything he would do, he would just yell, oh, man, still doing your WWE moveset and just all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, it's Jericho killed it. He, he killed the We the People thing already. Yet, you know, you had this guy who probably doesn't watch AEW, never seen that promo. And he, that's all he was going on about all night about, oh, you're going to do the ankle lock just like We the People. Oh, like, God, I mean, just shut this guy up, man. Um, anyways. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, give that match three and a half out of five. Again, if we're, uh, I guess we're going on three and a half out of five spotlights. Is, is that good for you, Justin? We'll, we'll, we'll keep it that way. But um, uh, also, that was the other weird thing about this match. I thought it was weird that we saw plenty of spots where Dust, uh, uh, Hager was working on Dustin's uh, leg more than the arm, which obviously it being the most recently healed, it's still the most vulnerable spot on Dustin's body, and uh, I just thought it was kind of weird. He didn't go out to the yarn, but uh, also loved the, you know, we had Hager carrying his wife on the shoulder backstage, uh, Macho Man, uh, Miss Elizabeth style, so, but yeah, great opener. Crowd was really into it. Uh, next, we had uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. 
Uh, first and foremost, uh, crowd very into the Spanish God. I love fans that know how to hate heels, and they love to hate heels, and they, they give it to them. Um, there, there are those wrestlers that are so good. You got a, you know, like a Jericho that's just so good at what they do. But, um, yeah, they were giving it all to the, to the Spanish guy, Sammy G. Had an awesome entrance and intro video from Darby. And, uh, again, I don't know how it translated on camera, but, man, Darby has one of the biggest, like, as far as pop value, like, it's probably, like, Cody, Darby, Moxley, uh, Jericho, I mean, if you'd call that a pop, I mean, granted, you know, that they sing a song, but yeah, he's, he's super over, um, the, yeah, it's just so freaking over, match starts off hot, or should I say, uh, doesn't start off hot, it just starts off hot, uh, with a suicide dive from Darby to Sammy Jews on the outside, followed up by an awesome shotgun dropkick to the guardrail, uh, a little bit of a homage to what, Finn Balor and Gargano there, maybe, possibly, just kidding, wink, wink. Um, then we had that additional suicide dive where obviously, uh, Darby came up a little bit short, the back of his heel clipped the rope. So it looked really bad live. A lot of people were wondering if he even made contact, how the commentary was playing up on it. Uh, pretty much it was, it, uh, it, it, it looked ugly, but, um, I digress. He went on, kept, kept it pushing, kept it going. Crowd still very much behind the match. Um. I think what made the intro for this match pretty awesome is that a lot of people in the crowd, they didn't pick up on the fact, because there were a lot, a lot of people were wondering, yo, is this a no DQ match, or did, did they uh, have a last-minute uh, change in the stipulation before, you know, the, the show went on there? Or, you know, Because everyone was wondering, you know, we, we see the huge 6.30 cents on from uh, Sammy G through the table on Darby, uh, but, you know, then you start doing the math, like, they never rang the bell, my friend. Uh, they just barely started to announce Darby's name. Uh, Justin Roberts was before he just ran and just started getting it popping. So um, there was that. There was a little bit of confusion in the beginning, but it was, a, again, hot start. Uh, bell finally rings. Uh, it, it was there, – there was this match was awesome. I mean, Darby's going to do what Darby does all day. Um, we were really excited for this match. Crowd was really hot. I was excited this match got added. I've been loving the buildup, you know, leading up to everything as far as, like, the cue cards and, you know, obviously uh, making fun of how Sammy, you know, tries to holler at the Vanessa Hudgens of the, of the world and all that stuff. Uh, but, um, yeah, a few spots in here that I thought were awesome. Um, there was one spot where Darby Allen was flexing his submission muscles where he was uh, – he had Sammy in the gory special, then, you know, started biting his, his hand, flipped it seamlessly – into the Fujiwara armbar, and then almost like an uh, uh, inverted uh, version of the Rings of Saturn. It was crazy. Uh, I was definitely digging that. Uh, crowd was very much reacting to that. It looked as gnarly as it looked on TV. Um, then there was something that I saw that Sammy, this is, why, this is why I love Sammy. Sammy, every time I see him, he does something different, or you could tell that he's learning under the tree of Jericho or just... He's just always doing – he's learning. He's always doing something new. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is he's obviously God, you know, God-given talent, athletically gifted. But on the heel side, his character work's been great, but there's little things that he does in the ring that I've been you know, very much noticing, uh, even down to the Fargo strut. That's been like something I'm like, dude, you're – for you to be that young and, and, and take you know, great pleasure in doing the Fargo strut, and for those that know what it means, you know, it's obviously we, – we, we, we dig it. We, we dig a little throwback to it. But, yeah, he did something I haven't seen a lot of people do in a while. And that's honestly in a lot of different uh, companies. But Darby Allen was climbing the, the top rope trying to get, uh, uh, you know, a high-flying offense in. And Sammy hit the ropes and knocked him, knocked him, you know, crotched him down. And as simple as that is, I haven't seen that technique and I know it sounds so much as a, of a stretch as a technique but I haven't seen that type of counter usually people they just crush their opponent in the corner or they you know they, they punch them uh while they're, they're taking entirely too long to climb the ropes that they always climb all the time but yeah I, I mean it reminded me of uh you know I may be dated here but back in uh back in the day they had uh what the WWE attitude game and if you had an opponent that was on the rope or the top rope and you actually hit the rope they would they would get crotched up 
and it would fall off the the top. So it definitely was a little little callback. I mean, may not mean as much to anybody else, but like I said, the little things like that I, I do appreciate. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, off of that, we had an amazing Spanish fly off the top rope. Sammy damn near falling, you know, ca- catching himself, you know, damn near ate shit. Uh, but re- regained momentum real quickly and just snapped it off. The rotation was flawless, so it was awesome. Uh, another spot I dug was the the monkey flip into the exposed turnbuckle um, that uh, Darby actually performed on Sammy. Real innovative. Um, and, of course, you know, we had the win where Darby dropped the coffin on him, and it was awesome to see. Uh, it's still one of those moves where I'm like, you. there's a reason why we don't get to see you do this a whole lot because you must be – tearing your body up doing it but it was awesome it was great um only note i had about this is i think that this rivalry may not be over entirely uh looked like obviously darby was trying to give a much needed receipt to sammy with the, uh, the throat attack with the skateboard deck but J- uh, jake hager came out and saved him um so i'm thinking there may be still maybe maybe do another match on on dynamite uh, on wednesday or Possibly going into a double or nothing. We'll see. But it definitely looked like there was a little bit of unfinished business. Uh, next, let me go into what I would uh, definitely vote match of the night. And I may get a lot of, uh, you know, pushback on that. But we had Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Page defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. Huge pop for Hangman. Huge pop for Omega. Love the video package for this feud. Obviously, the whole building itself has been great. The go home uh, uh, episode of Dynamite where we had the JR interview and uh, Adam uh, Page uh, storming out and just the words from from Matt and you know calling him out about oh you still be a jobber in Ring of Honor if we didn't hook you up in Bullet Club and so everything has been great. All the teases, all the everything has been great. It's been a real uh, slow burn, but not like. I'm antsy. I'm, I mean, I'm, ant- I'm I'm excited to see how this pays off, but I'm not impatient, if that makes sense. But anyways, great match. Um, with the video package, you could tell the tension between the, the two teams going into this uh, bout. Very, very much felt very special, and I think this was possibly the longest match on the card. It was uh, billed at a 60-minute time limit. They actually, I think – uh, Paige actually made the pin right after Justin Roberts announced the 30, 30 minute, uh, uh, time limit or, or time mark. But, um, anyways, let's get into this thing. Let's unpack it. Uh, I love the tension that you saw since like the, even in the beginning of the match between Hangman Page and Matt Jackson. Um, obviously again with the recent comments in the go home raw or the go home raw, go home dynamite. You gotta get used to saying that. Um, the one thing that I did not like. Uh, towards the beginning of this match after Omega and Nick Jackson was uh, seemingly uh, tearing it up, trying to, you know, jockey for position and all that. All the proverbial, uh, you know, <laughs> verbiage, as they always say. But uh, there was a point where there was a fist bump between the two. That I wasn't a fan of, but at the same time, looking back, as I did watch, that was another match I watched back, I think it was done intentionally to, to help plant more seeds. As little as it was... You can see that when he, you know, did a little fist bump to Nick and tagged in the hangman, it irritated hangman that he gave him that fist bump. So, again, all part of the storytelling of this, uh, you know, it, it, it was – it. you knew what you were going to get with this match, 100%. That, that's just all it was. Um, next we get hangman and Matt uh, Jackson. You know, they're – again, they're jockeying for position with, uh, you know, great shoot wrestling, amateur, all that stuff. And then we get hangman spitting – on Matt Jackson after he extended his hand for a handshake, to which the crowd obliged with a cowboy spit chant. Uh, I know it came out as uh, cowboy shit on the on the broadcast, but let me uh, correct you. <laughs> um, I love that part, though, because it showed, again, how much the tensions were heating up. You had Omega having to actually go back into the ring to intervene between Matt and Hangman. Uh, you know, obviously Matt getting pissed off. He got just got spat on. Um but yeah, it was. Uh, also, we had a uh, you know even Nick had to go in there and pull you know Matt back by his hair and like kind of like, hey man, he's up. Like I know you're mad, but this is a match. We got to win this match, man. So uh, it was you know it was one of those things where again they were doing a lot of great storytelling with with just how this was. And then it was just another thing you know 
one thing after another. We, we saw how Hangman tagged in uh, Kenny Omega by slapping him on the chest. Like, yo, get in there and do some work then. You know what I mean? You're telling me not to, you know, not, not to be all fired up and wanted to win this match. Get in there and do some work and show me what, what we finna do then. You know what I mean? So, um, tagged him in. And then, you know, they, they keep pushing the match uh, forward, obviously. Um, classic tag team moves from the Young Bucks. Again, everything you you can expect to see from the Young Bucks. Um, but there was also a slow but clear-cut uh, heel position being uh, carved out for this match by the Young Bucks. And honestly, I very much enjoyed it. Um, it's been a while since we've seen... Uh, heel young bucks, but I was digging. I was digging this man. Um, and then in turn, you show. I mean, it also showed the the struggle that Hangman was going through. He's trying to do what he got to do to hang on to these titles, his first major you know championship in AEW. But at the same time, he's fighting guys that are you know friends slash former friends. Uh, you know, for those that watch, uh, you know, being the elite, he's telling other tag teams to you know to attack. Uh, Matt's back and Nick's eyes in, in the Battle Royals. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. But I only bring that up because then you start seeing Hangman stirring up the pot a little bit by pretty much going directly after Matt's lower back. Um, again, if you guys are fans, and I'm, I don't know anyone that's not a fan of, uh, you know, being the elite and everything they've built before up to now. But, you know, obviously well-documented back issues uh and all that good stuff but um again more seeds planted uh you know as far as uh hangman showing shades of some hill work himself knocking nick off the apron uh at the same time it's a smart move tag team wrestling you want to as they say uh isolate the man in the ring so you know if you uh knock off his opponent off or his uh partner off the apron he won't be able to tag in and get a fresh man in so um and then there was also that spot where it was an attempted powerbomb uh, on the timekeeper's table. But, uh, you know, I, I did like, you know, you see Omega now intervening and throwing Matt back in the ring trying to get, you know, Paige like, look, dude, we're not here to, like, take him out and fuck him up. Like, let's win these titles. Let's, let's retain these titles. Let's go. Um, so a little tip for Tat, you know what I mean, between them two. So, again, a lot of seeds being planted. Is there, you know, any type of, you know, uh, divide going on between the team are they going to be able to hold it together to regain the title so the, I, I was loving the uh exclude you know the the simultaneous storytelling of everything uh and i'm sorry i'm scrolling through this because this match again pretty long so i do have some pretty good uh notes on this um there was also oh nick doing what he does slick nick god he's so that guy is ridiculous in the ring he does everything he makes it look so easy like he's just Slick. Slick Nick. That's what it is. Um, he does what he always does, but I loved how he was doing this little flurry of offense where he had gotten uh, Omega in a running bulldog, and he was about to hit the uh, dual bulldog clothesline spot, but he uh, you know, he threw a middle finger up the hangman before he hit him with the clothesline. That was funny. Um, then we got Matt finally returning the favor and spitting a loogie back at the hangman. And then we get a little bit more of the heel work from the Bucks as we got Nick now pulling Hangman off the apron. Uh, so that now uh, Kenny is unable to make the tag for a fresh Hangman. Um, but again, still loving this stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely loving uh, all the heel work. Even down to like Matt uh, hits a pile driver, which everyone loves a pile driver. But, you know, that again, that old school mentality is... A pile driver is like a heel move. Dropping someone on their dome or, you know, that stack of dimes they call a neck. Again, I'm dating myself here. But, yeah, I thought, again, it was great old school wrestling, you know, mentality as far as, like, I'm a heel right now. I'm, I'm just worried about getting this work done. I'm trying to get these titles. I know you're my friends, but I got to put you down. So I, I definitely was digging that. Uh, also, <laughs> we had an old school throat chop from Matt uh, to Hangman. So that was another old school move. Again, Keep tying in these these uh these, these seeds of, of he a little bit of heel stuff in there, you know. Um, and almost done here. Working working through the rest of these notes here. Uh, pff, springboard destroyer from Nick to Hangman in the ring, crazy. Uh, also loved loved the homage to the villain uh, Marty Skrull with not only the uh, the super kick to the to the leg spot. Then we had the the whole spinning dance move into the chicken wing. Crowd went nuts for it. Uh, you know, they even called it, it was a villainous kick 
from uh, from Hangman. So, you know, tying in a little bit of that. So a little bit of tease there. Um, Tiger Driver 98, psh, ridiculous. Nick, again, great selling. Uh, leads us to the Indie Taker on Hangman on the staging area. Again, just just putting more weight down on that on that just that uh, desperate aggressiveness now from the Bucks trying to get these guys uh, to give up these titles, trying to keep them down, man. Um, then you know, then again, we had Matt there seemingly directing traffic, uh, yelling at Nick to do all this stuff. Then you see Nick finally like you know, dude, tone it down. Like you're gonna get us like you know, DQ'd. Let's let's win this. I, I understand this is the need to like. Put the pedal to the metal, let's, but the, let's actually win the titles. You know what I mean? So um, then we got the Super Kick Party, which turned into, as they called it, the Double Golden Trigger, which I love too because I was a little shot at a uh, you know Golden Lovers uh, tag partner to Omega Kota Ibushi. So that was that was awesome. Um, but then we had that awesome kick out at one. You know, mainly I would always be the first one to pretty much throw a fit about the kick out of one type stuff. And this is not coming from a Cornette old school mentality. Sometimes things just need to be protected. I was not actually not that mad about this with the one count on this uh, attempt after, again, you know, it was uh, uh, one of those disrespectful uh, things where they, they try to finish him with his own partner's move. Um, then we got Hangman uh, giving a powerbomb through the table. And uh, which also led up to Hangman doing two uh, buckshot lariats and securing the win. Uh, so we do have, uh, uh, not new, but, you know, they regained the championships, Hangman Page and uh, uh, Kenny Omega. Um, crowd loved it, but the crowd loved even more the teasing after the match would, uh, where it looked like a possible buckshot lariat on Omega. So I guess they're not letting off the gas just yet on the teasing. I thought maybe they were doing a little bit of the teasing just to uh, – Make the drama a little bit more spicier going into this match against the you know very game young bucks, um, and thought maybe they they'd be a more solid unit going forward, especially now that the the business with Pac and Omega is gone, so there's no more distractions, and they you know they finally beat the Bucks, so they can kind of move forward. But no, it looks like they're still teasing a little bit. Hangman's still you know trying to figure out uh, where he belongs in this strange world uh, as far as all elite. But um. After that, we get uh, the AEW Women's Championship match. Nyla Rose, uh, defending champion against Chris Statlander. And I have to admit it, guys. I don't have a lot of notes on this match. And it's not because I don't care. It's because I admittedly uh, chose to use the restroom <laughs> before this match uh, went underway. Like, the uh, Hangman's music was still playing as I went on this. Uh, it looked like the freaking ride to the to, to Space Mountain. It was incredible. Uh, men's bathroom line was through the roof. looked like the beer line. But, yeah, I was waiting in the line, and then I heard uh, Nyla Rose's uh, music and everything. So I didn't get to watch a good portion of this match. I did watch a little bit of it back on the, uh, the actual stream and everything. Um, great match, but this is my only notes on this match. I feel like All Elite really blew their load too fast by booking this this matchup because awesome kong's gone right now she's filming um arguably the second biggest threat to nyla rose in terms of size and actual physical threat is chris statlander everyone else on the roster is either you know not not to diss it's like they're either too tiny they're too short i mean it's not not to say that they can't you know underdog their way into getting a title or a title shot, rather, but I was just surprised that, you know, they wouldn't have kept this off the books a little bit uh, later. Um, but, you know, I digress. I mean, I figured that we would have, like, a bunch of uh, uh, championship defenses from Nyla Rose where she's going to just run through the competition and, quote-unquote, break bitches until she gets to the uh, the alien. But, um, yeah, uh, I was, yeah, again, surprised that they booked that match for this for this show so early. Great match, uh, great showing from on both parties from as much as I watched. There was a few spots that were scary. Um, the botched uh, superplex that they were calling a brain buster, um, and even the finish with the, the super powerbomb spot, you know, Nyla was making sure she didn't just drop her. So, you know, I give her credit for that, and I don't, I don't blame anybody for, for anything. It just, 
I felt like it was obviously going to take away some of the attention from the match, um, you know, playing to more of the negative narrative that people usually have when it comes to a Nyla Rose match. But um, there was uh, one thing I did like. There was uh, that unique counter. Uh, you know, Nyla usually sets her opponents up across the rope as she comes off the top rope with that diving knee. And uh, she sets up Chris Statlander, and as she's, like, you know, climbing the ropes to hit that knee, uh, we actually get Statlander who uh, – goes into an unorthodox handstand and starts walking on her hands. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Um, But, yeah, we had Nyla Rose retaining. I kind of felt like that was going to be – I mean, she just wanted. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone knew that, you know, Statlander was not going to win. But, you know, the the biggest thing is to make her look good while trying to win it. And, uh, you know, Statlander already has a lot of steam uh, behind her. So, I felt like she's able to take the loss – I still have a, a gang of support from the crowd. Um, but, again, it just goes back into my reasoning of you guys really need to start building up your women's division. I mean, if the only – I mean, you guys – I mean, when, when you – again, as much as I say that I'm surprised that they went with this match so early, I, I actually can't be as surprised because there's no one else that's as seasoned uh, or, or as, like, built up, uh, prepared to take on someone like Nyla Rose where – People will believe that there's a possible chance that, you know, she'll be uh, usurped for the title. I mean, obviously not her first title defense, but, again, there's uh, tremendous talent on the women's uh, division, but they're just not doing a great job of building building them up where they come off as such. So, uh, yeah, that was my only note for that. But um, next we get into quite possibly the match everybody wanted to see all night uh, next to the championship match. Cody versus MJF, and uh, out the gate, MJF, brand new uh, entrance attire, digging it. Had a little bit of a Rick, uh, not Rick Flair, Bobby Roode uh, flair to him. Um, was digging the new, ja- I guess, jacket or robe that he had on with the uh, Burberry trim on it, wearing the diamond ring, Wardlow at his side. Then we get Cody's entrance, and this was why it was so special, is because I had gotten word about this, um, and I mean, if you're like me, you love Cody Rhodes' theme song. <laughs> um, you sing it, uh, you know, with no no shame at all, and that's me. Every show that I'm at and, you know, he comes out, I'm, I'm singing that thing. I can't sing for a lick, but love that song. But, yeah, I heard that he actually had the band uh, practicing, doing rehearsals backstage. And so when I actually got to see the band, I, it was it was an awesome, awesome entrance. Again, that's one of the biggest things. That, anyone that's a Cody fan, they love the entrance, and then they love singing the theme song and all that. So the fact that it was a live band playing it, it was great. It was awesome. You know, he had his uh, Nightmare family with him, walking him out as usual. Uh, no Pharaoh this time, but we did, uh, you know, have several different uh, individuals in the camp. Um, ultimately, he was joined only by uh, Brandy Rhodes and Arn Anderson. Uh, but, yeah, let's get into the match. Great match. Um, right away, I knew that MJF was going to heal, uh, heal it the fuck up and do it a great job doing it. Um let me see what we have here. Oh, psh. I love how they were actually uh, calling back to the fracture in uh, Cody's big toe following the huge moonsault uh, in the cage match in Atlanta, Georgia against Wardlow. Um, Cody talked about it on his social media, but I didn't think they were going to actually implement it into the story, uh, which they did. Um, first of all, let me let me run it back because I, I know I'm forgetting something huge, like on the side of my neck, huge. Cody has a neck tattoo. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know. I mean, we know how Brandy feels about it. She hates it. But it's, oh, my God. I mean, I was I was texting with with, uh, with Justin, uh, you know, while I was live at the show. We were just like, what, what is going on? Uh, I, I looked down and he's like, I, I hate that tattoo. And, and the only thing I could say is, like, I'm really hoping this is some new Japan Prince Devitt-esque paint instead of something real real uh permanent on his neck but no no <laughs> it's the nightmare family logo like i was with a few fans talking about it and we were like what is that in his we thought it was kinesio uh, kinesi tape like like the the stuff that uh cesaro always wears the stuff that kenny omega was wearing earlier we thought maybe he had like some kinesio tape on his neck we're like what is that it, we're like it moves when his neck moves it, it's attached to him and we're like no it's actually on him and I don't know, like, it's, 
It's just so funny because I like Cody's not a guy I would think would get a neck tattoo. And, and the thing is, the tattoo actually stretches like all the way under, like un- right underneath where his, his, you know, the the neck beard area if he were to have one. So it's technically almost a face tattoo. It's crazy. When got the turf tatted on him, like, I mean, what are we gonna get next? Like a teardrop or I don't, I don't know, man. I I love Cody, but I never would have thought him to be a neck tattoo guy. But then again, who really is until until you get one? Anyways, uh. Back to the to the broken toe here because we had uh, MJF again, excellent heel work, uh, chicken shit heel one on one type stuff. But then you know once he gets the uh, the upper hand, he's he's gonna keep up on the upper hand. Was biting Cody's uh, broken toe, even stomping on the toe, uh, you know, ripped the boot off, and uh, I mean it was. They were telling some stories here. They were, they were they were going for it, you know. Um, one thing I did enjoy was Wardlow's involvement uh, in the match several different times, and we also had some involvement with, uh, you know, Brandy and Arn Anderson as well. Um, I did like, uh, you know, Arn Anderson, you know, grabbing the chair, was showing that he was, you know, he's down for his camp, and like, you know, he's like, Wardlow, you gotta go. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not letting this, we're not letting this rock, son. We ain't letting this rock. I got the steel chair, and I'm swinging from my left hand side, so you know I'm serious. Um, but no, it was a great job for Wardlow, you know, obviously helped to make him look strong following his first match, uh, you know, against Cody in that cage match. Um, you know, even though he lost, you know, you got to make these guys look strong. A guy like Wardlow, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, that's just what they're made for. Um, I did love the, the little tit for tat spot with the weight belt. I think everyone kind of called that, you know, obviously a call back to the, uh, the 10 lashes that, uh, you know, Cody had to take as part of the stipulations to even get to this match. Um... One thing that I have to address, I believe his first name is Paul, but the referee for this match, Paul Turner. Buddy, I'm looking right into the camera when I say this. Buddy, you're great. You're a great ref. But you need a little bit more tact and finesse. This is the second time. And, and, and granted, you know, we're we're watching this live, so I'm like, you know, I'm pretty – I'm pretty good seats, but I'm not like ringside or, you know, where the cameramen are. But we all can tell the exact moment when Paul Turner handed uh, MJF the, the blood packet. And I say blood packet because that was no blade job. There was no cut. There was no origin. I mean, for one, he took a uh, reverse suplex off the top rope, rolled out to the ring, and then after some shenanigans from Wardlow, you know, Cody finally goes to go pick him up from out the ring, and he's bleeding like a stuffed pig. Off of what? Off of what? There's no, there is no, like, entry point. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? So that in itself was weird. But then, again, we all saw Paul Turner give him the blood packet. You know what I mean? And even watching it back on the stream, it is super obvious that that's exactly what he did. Especially... When he gives him, you know, you see him reach in his hand, and he, like, he kind of, like, real quick, just you know, so he can grab him, you know. Then he, when you're looking at MJF, he's laying on the floor with his hands both closed. Who does? I mean, I've never seen a wrestler lay. I mean, whatever, you know. But the fact also is the fact that if you watch Paul Turner counting the, uh, the 10 count for both men to get back to their feet, he's counting with one hand, and the other hand is closed, balled in a fist. What do you have in that fist, bro? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, I mean, even a couple weeks ago with uh, Riho getting her uh, her tooth broken out of her mouth with Britt Baker, Aubrey was also seen handing her the blood packet, and it was obvious. So, you know, it's not maybe just a Paul Turner issue or problem, but they got to do something. They got to tighten it up because fans, we could see that shit, and we see it coming from a mile away, and, you know, if there's a discussion about it, we're going to shit on it. So... Uh, that's all I had about that. But also, um, as far as the last bit of my notes on this match, there was a spot where uh, MJF uh, hit Cody with the low blow and, you know, rolled him up for a, a pin. And honestly, I was thinking, if he went, if he would have won like that, I wouldn't have – it would have – A, it would have been real old school heel, real old school heel, which, again, a guy like MJF, that's exactly what he's going for, right? But – he also would have got so much heat that way, and and I wouldn't have been mad. I mean, especially knowing that he won, he, you know, he ended up winning anyways, which I was actually a little bit surprised. It was, it was a huge head scratcher for a lot of the, the crowd live. Uh, you know, everyone's like, it, this was easy. After months of this slow burn since November, like, give us what we want to see, and that's Cody getting his comeuppance. And, 
granted, he finally got his hands on him after, you know, the stipulation of not being able to touch him for so long. But we really wanted to see MJF get his, man. We really, really wanted to see that. But um, my only issue with the finish is, you know, yeah, he used the diamond ring. But as opposed to the diamond ring finish being already over to the point where you can believe that Cody would lose, it felt like this match got the use of the diamond ring over as opposed to it already being over and then being used in a high-profile match. If that makes sense. I felt like they haven't done a good job. They referenced the ring. And, you know, with the few matches that MJF has had, that's how he's been finishing the match. But I feel like he hasn't had – he should have had a lot of consistent matches leading up to this where that's exactly what he was – I think he only had two matches leading up to this where he was finishing people off with the diamond ring. And it should have been like three or four, you know, where it's a a constant thing and that's what – that's just what he's doing. And then go into this match and then that's how you you do the same to Cody. But instead it felt like it was kind of uh, not as strong of 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 a build on the diamond ring finish. And then now we're supposed to take the diamond ring finish serious because it put away Cody. So I don't know. It's weird. Uh, definitely wondering uh, where they go from here. One can only speculate that obviously maybe a, a possible rematch, a double or nothing, uh, possible stipulation being brought up on behalf of Cody where maybe, you know, he'll be able to win his opportunity to challenge for the AEW championship again, uh, finally, finally leading us into more uh, different matchups uh, for the title picture. Uh you know, Mox and Cody would be great. Um, I mean, I'm not mad at a Mox-Jericho rematch. But uh, we definitely need to get a little bit more uh, more dynamic uh, matchups going in, in, the, in the title picture. But uh, moving on from there, um, what was supposed to be the uh, cool-down match was the quite opposite. Um, Pack and Orange Cassidy. I knew exactly what this match was going to be uh, used for. Um us at Quincy Jones Show, uh, the podcast, we all voted that Pac was going to win this one, and we, we all knew. Because um, after, you know, suffering that high-profile Ironman match loss to Kenny, they're not going to have him lose to Orange Cassidy. Um, but Orange Cassidy, another member of the AEW roster who had their uh, first match um, of their career at this pay-per-view as well, next to Jake Hager. Um <laughs> Hager. I saw Orange Cassidy on, on Thursday night, actually, before I headed out to uh, – to Chicago, I was at a bar wrestling show. For those that know what bar wrestling or don't know what bar wrestling is, is a uh, independent uh, wrestling promotion out in Southern California that is uh, owned and ran and operated by Joey Ryan. Um, so I went to the the show that they had on Thursday night, and Orange Cassidy was actually there. I had no idea he was going to be there, um, and he actually went against, uh, believe it or not, um, the masterpiece Chris Masters uh, in a losing effort to the Master Lock, uh, which I was surprised at that too, but. If you saw the match that I watched, I kind of already knew what to expect. And granted, it was, it was kind of funny how it worked out because that was my first time seeing uh, Orange Cassidy live. Watch a lot of his stuff, but that was my first time seeing him perform uh, live in front of me. So kind of had an idea what to expect and <laughs> blew it out the water, man. Orange Cassidy, again, arguably biggest pop up there next to Darby and Moxley and Cody. Uh, everyone was digging the Titantron. <laughs> I looked just so... You know, like like he just drew, you know, had a sharpie and just drew it on a, uh, you know, a piece of uh, uh, printer paper. Um, love the match though. Love the match. Uh, let's get into the to the notes because oh, I have notes. Uh, I know it was only like a ten minute match, but it was great. Um, love the back and forth last day, uh, last kicks uh, with the crowd uh, with the dueling. Boo! Yay! That 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 was hilarious. Um, the no pulp chants were hilarious. Uh, and you know what, Pac was taking a lot of this stuff in uh, in stride because I'm sure, like he, you know, I, I'm sure that's not how he feels, but it came off like, oh, so you guys are some, you know, rinky dink mud show uh, independent fans. So that this is what you like, huh? Oh, let me applaud you. Oh, this is what you guys are cheering for. It really came off that way. Um, but uh, yeah, we had the no pulp chance. Uh, we had Pac, classic heel tactic of uh, hitting the. the Super brain buster off the top rope and going for the three count and then only to pull his shoulders up on the three count because he wants to put in more punishment, more pain, more, uh, yeah, just, just, just wants to hurt him more. You know what I mean? Um, I love the quick hot comeback of, uh, Orange Cassidy when he was doing the rolls from either side of the ring, uh, you know, trying to avoid the, the black arrow, um, attempt and, uh, 
he rolled to the other side of the ring. Neville caught him. He had that, that kind of oops smile on his face, and he rolled back to the center of the ring. Yeah, Neville, that's just kind of fed up, and then all of a sudden, quick kip up into the suicide dive, into a, a multitude of different uh, DDTs from Cassidy, close finishes uh, from the diving DDT, the air raid crash. Uh, but eventually we get a win um, from Pac via the Brutalizer submission. Interesting enough, we did get the Lucha Brothers coming out to interfere in this match, but only taking out the best friends. Uh, I guess this is going to be the new direction for the Lucha Bros. It was uh, one of those things where they were conspicuous by their absence on this card because I was thinking, man, this is, I think this may be the first time we haven't had the Lucha Brothers on a card. Um, I don't know. It was uh, kind of... I feel like we haven't seen them in a while, and we also haven't seen Private Party in a while as well. So, but again, they they do a really good job of cycling out their uh, their talent as well and showcasing what needs to be showcased. So, uh, definitely looking forward to see how Double or Nothing shapes up. Hopefully, we get um, probably we'll get Best Friends for Lucha Lucha Bros unless we get that on the next uh, Dynamite, which I'm sure we'll get some something like that. But now let's get into the match. The match you guys have been waiting for: Chris Jericho, Le Champion, defending against John Moxley and. Um, one thing I'll say off the rip, a lot of fans thought that Jericho had uh, possible ulterior motives on his ring gear choice. Um, he had uh, black with gold trim, a little bit of dark gray on there as well. And those who know, know that is very reminiscent of Seth Rollins' old gear. So a lot of people thought maybe that, uh, you know, it was a little shot. Or I mean, Jericho does a lot. I mean, there was a time that he had the tights that were a direct uh, shout out to Chris Benoit, even though he didn't. You know, come out and say it. There was no, you know, there was no denying it. But, anyways, uh, this match was great. Obviously, the buildup has been tremendous, amazing work. Uh, and let me just say that the uh, the production on this show for AEW was top notch. The set was great. Um, audio issues, virtually none. That was one of the main things I've always complained about is that the music was too low or the backstage interview microphone was too low or whatever it was. You know, or or, or the the cameraman had the wrong uh view or or they they you know the production crew went to a, a wrong angle they missed something or they could have caught it you know there's just little things like that but it was always going to be growing pains before they finally got their production style down to a t so i feel like they really got it down with this um again you know just big fight feel they made they made this pay-per-view feel important and uh especially with this match headlining it was great um we had the inner circle get involved uh, Aubrey throwing them out. We had Aubrey getting pushed around. We had old, you know, a little bit of New Japan Jericho with the, uh, you know, him pushing pushing the ref around, and also you know him picking up the camera, flipping everybody off, ringing the bell again, and announcing himself as the winner. Just you know all those different things. Um, I did love that when we did get the uh, the inner circle being thrown out of the match, we got a uh, a uh, smooth operating uh, Sammy G coming out the back gate. Uh, you know, hops the, uh, the barricade and nails Moxley with the belt. So, um, thinking, and a lot of people thought that was it. You know, a lot of people were thinking that was going to be it. I actually, myself, as much as I am, I'm a, I'm a fan of both, but I actually was thinking Jericho was going to retain and we we're going to get Jericho for uh, an even more lengthier uh, title reign. You know, thought maybe he'd possibly drop it to Moxley at double or nothing if they had a rematch, obviously, due to, you know, it being a, a year from Moxley's. Uh, debut and involvement in uh, in AEW, you know, when he came out at Double or Nothing last year, um, attacking Kenny Omega and all that. So I thought it would have been a real good, uh, you know, real, real good spotlight. But apparently, I guess, you know, it doesn't hurt also, you know, you hear from the, the day you uh, uh, debuted that you're walking in now with, with championship gold on your shoulders. So, you know, there's that. But um, uh, definitely loved the reveal of Moxley's eye being A-OK. It was... Again, I had to watch that one back with the commentary. For us, the fans went crazy. Uh, they went, they they blew the the roof off on at that uh, point of the match, one hundred percent. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I I, I was kind of surprised they gave it to Mox. Um, but then again, I guess you can't have Cody lose and Mox lose in the same night. They had to pick one, right? But uh, but it was a great match, man. A great championship match. We had the 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 you know. Dirty Deeds version of the the DDT into the uh, the eye patch reveal into the uh, you know the paradigm shift one two three and what's crazy is I didn't realize that they actually broadcasted the uh, the post match uh, promo 
from Moxley, who was cursing up a storm. Uh, God damn it, I love this shit. And then the, even at one point, they were uh, they thought he was finished, and they started playing his music, and he's like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Which commentary had to laugh, uh, you know, evidently. But honestly, top to bottom, this was a great show. Uh, I apologize because I realized I stopped uh, ranking the matches. I guess I could finish it up now. I gave three and a half out of five to uh, Dustin and uh, uh, Jake Hager. Uh, four out of five to Darby and uh, Sammy G. Five out of five for the Young Bucks and uh, Hangman and Omega off just storytelling alone. Um, I, I, again, I still, I still – you know, very much think that that was the match of the night, just again, based on all the psychology and just the storytelling and the way the match played out and the different personality traits that came out and just made the story even more, just that much deeper and thicker and the more adding more substance to the match. Um, Nyla and uh, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander, I give, I'll give a three and a half out of five. I'll give it a three and a half out of five. And it has nothing to do with the botches. I think it was, again, some of the pacing of the match uh, when I did watch it back. But they were doing great stuff. You know, Chris Statlander was, you know, a lot of flying attacks and stuff like that, doing what she had to do to take uh, the bigger uh, opponent down. So, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 give him a f- I'll give him a three and a half out of five. Um, after that, we had – what else do we have after that? Um, now i got to go back to my notes. I'm over here blank. Oh, Cody and MJF. I give that a four out of five. I'll give, I'll give MJF and Cody a four out of five. Pac and Orange Cassidy, I'll give that uh, I'll give that a four out of five. And I'll, not to be redundant, but I, I would have to give a four out of five to the Cody – not Cody, I'm sorry, Moxley and Chris Jericho match. Not that it wasn't five out of five worthy. I just – I don't know. Like I said, I just felt like there was way more storytelling out of the Young Bucks, uh, Hangman Page, Omega uh, story. But, um, yeah, man um, – that pretty much concludes my uh, my review of the show. Again, watching it live was great. Uh, watching it back was was awesome as well. Um, definitely interested to see what goes into the build towards Double or Nothing, but I think there's something else I need to bring up. I think I do. Uh, Justin knows exactly what it is. Um, Blood and Guts, scheduled for Newark, uh, New Jersey, March 25th uh, edition of WWE or WWE AEW Dynamite, um, botch, uh, but seemingly Cody taking back his dad's idea. It's uh, it's awesome. It's uh, I mean when we, I, the thing is we we kept hearing the rumors that there was an, another old school WCW wink 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 as he kept winking in these interviews. Cody, I'm referring to. Another old school WCW uh, concept. Um, they said they weren't going to be playing too much on those. Uh, as much, you know, the Bash of the Beach was more fun, but you know, obviously there was also the report. I think this time last year that there were so many trademarks that Cody filed for. I think Bunkhouse Brawl, uh, Blood and Guts was one of them. There's a, a a bunch of them that that you know all WCW terms too. So a lot of people were wondering what this was, what this announcement was going to be, and then we got it in the form of the fact that Blood and Guts, a.k.a. War Games, is going to be coming to AEW, man. And honestly, uh, after looking at that cage that they had set up for uh, you know the match with Cody and Wardlow, I think that may have been a test run of how they were going to see how their – because that, that, that cage was actually uh, custom-made for their specific ring. So I think that may have been a pure you – know, uh, appear into the future as far as how they're going to be able to work out uh, the the bigger cage for, you know, two rings and all that stuff. So definitely excited for that. Justin's trying to get me to fly out to New Jersey, man. I got to figure it out, man. I don't know. March is coming up quick. I mean, March is already here, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to figure it out. We'll see. If not, I mean, I'm not going to be uh, against catching it on, uh, on TV, but uh, I am going to watch it on TV and probably wish I was there live, but such is life. But, uh yeah, definitely excited for that and see what the teams are seemingly for for the blood and guts match. Um, if it's gonna be teams, how many teams? Three member teams, four member teams, how many teams? Two, three. Like, I, I mean, I know NXT have changed the format quite a bit since they first started it. So interesting. It'll be real interesting and also interesting how they change their rules to make it more uh, specific and uh, uh, unique to them and and how AEW wants to do it. Uh, much like their their uh, their steel cage, you know, you can't you know teach the old dog new tricks, but you know you can you know 
redo something, modernize something, and you know, still give a little bit of a homage to to the old school. So um, definitely uh, huge props on AEW for that and pulling that rabbit out the hat. Honestly, would love to be in the room when when uh, Vince got that call <laughs> to see, or I guess Triple H since he's the one that's running NXT. So I mean, who knows? But um, yeah, only other. Uh, Pay-per-view worthy, no, no, I got not pay-per-view, but just newsworthy news uh, within the wrestling world that I can uh, comment on right now as well is uh, Matthew Hardy is a, now a free agent. There was several uh, speculation about where he was going to end up, his future and everything, whether he was going to stay in uh, WWE. Uh, there was talks of them even offering him a chance to, to you know, perform in NXT. I don't know if that would even have been great for him. Um it would have been great only on the spectrum of the fact that he probably would have showed up as the broken Matt character and would have surged the amount of viewership for NXT because people are going to want to go and see that. They don't want to see the jobbed out Matt Hardy. They want to see the reason why they brought them here on WrestleMania, what, two, three years ago? So I don't know, man. It's wild. It's just real wild. Um, but – yeah, a lot of people thought he was going to re-sign with WWE. There's uh, obviously high speculation he's still looking to sign with AEW. Uh, Brad Shepard has been reporting that uh, that's pretty much where he's going to go. Then again, you know, people have said one thing and the other happens. You know, everyone kept saying that Marty was on his way to AEW. And when the shoe dropped on that, oh, everybody was wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But, um, yeah, that's all I got for right now, man. Again, I want to thank uh, Justin for allowing me the opportunity to do this. Uh, again, I hated that you missed out on the show, buddy. Uh, definitely can't wait for the next one. Pretty sure we'll, we'll, we'll hook up for uh, for Double or Nothing for sure. But, uh, again, man, I was watching with you in spirit. It was, you know, I had a few great people around me I was talking to, but, yeah, it wasn't like the way we usually talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? The jokes and just the insiders and all that stuff. But, um, again, thanks for the opportunity. Shout out to everyone that's uh, checking out the, the, the live review. Um, if you guys have any questions, hit me up. You can, you know, also follow me again. I'm Quincy Jones from the Quincy Jones show podcast. You feel free to follow my page, the Quincy Jones show, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Facebook as well as, uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the podcast, uh, everywhere you get your podcast at Spotify, um, iTunes, Castbox, SoundCloud, and much, much more. Um, yeah, man, if you guys are a fan, hit me up. Uh, I'm on Instagram, all social media and all that. Uh, thanks again for everyone tuning in. Shout out to the the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And, uh, yeah, on that note, we out. Wow, thanks, Quincy Jones. That was actually really good. Oh, you're welcome, Quincy Jones. <laughs> anyway, I'm back, man. I just, again, uh, letting you guys know that we had a very special episode this time out. Uh, episode 90, man, again, in uh, collaboration with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Shout out to everyone who listened and shout out to everyone who uh, was watching live. Again, this was going on live as I was recording this audio and everything. Uh, I want to shout out to everybody who already follows the page and uh, shout out to anyone new potentially from the stream that might be following the page after this. Feel free to follow uh, us everywhere. And again, if you guys aren't, I don't know how you're listening to this, but uh, follow us on, uh, uh, you know, Facebook at uh, the uh, Quincy Jones Show. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Quincy Jones Show. And, of course, Instagram at the Quincy Jones Show. You can also hit us up at the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com in case you guys have not purchased your official KJS intern shirts with the pocket tee. They're fresh, and they're only $10. Get at your boy. All you got to do is hit me up with your size and your address. I will mail them out. You do not have to pay for shipping. All I ask is to hit me, whether it's Cash App, whether it's PayPal, Zelle, Venmo, even just cash money. Do people still use cash money? Is that, I mean, I'm not at the Bitcoin level just yet. I'm still over here trying to, you know, make a name for myself as a young entrepreneur out here in the wrestling field. But again, if you guys are looking for some merch or want to be a guest of the show, if you're a independent wrestler or a promotion um, or, or affiliated with one. If you're a referee or if you're in the scene, you're looking for, you know, some, uh, some promo time, maybe a, a chance to get interviewed and talk about your side of things. Hit us up, man. Would love to uh, pick your brain and get into the mind of people that are actually in the business. You can hit us up again at the Quincy Jones show, uh, gmail.com. Uh, or you can, you know, hit us up with a DM on Instagram at the, the Quincy Jones show, as well as uh, Twitter. Um, and again, man, if you guys haven't already, feel free to follow 
Doc Lesnar on all music outlets. This boy is busy, busy, busy. And people say, you know, Young Bucks are killing the business. I mean, Doc Lesnar, his business is killing. So uh, that's pretty much what he's been doing, man. Uh, holding beats for uh, for ransom and uh, pretty much uh, killing all uh, men, women, and children who are uh, getting his uh, his path. <laughs> pretty much, man. But um, shout out to Doc Lesnar. He's gonna be uh, you know releasing another single quite soon. I can't tell you what it is because he'd kill me. But I can tell you where to get it when it's going to debut and along to get all his other music that he's already dropped. And it's all amazing work, man. Follow him everywhere on Spotify. Uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Tidal, um, iHeartRadio. Uh, uh, I know there's another one I'm forgetting. A big one I'm forgetting. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said iTunes. I said Apple Music. It's all the same. But anywhere you go to get your music, even on, on Instagram, actually, if you guys are going to be putting up your stories, you want to put some funky music behind, you know, you're trying to send out a little shorty, that little, uh, you know, that, 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 that little uh, uh, nice little girl, that little thing thing on the side side, try to let them know that you're on that little Le Champion uh, status, and you got to hit them with some of that. Doc Lesnar and you know in the background or the lyrics, whatever you got, man, just know Doc Lesnar got you for all type of circumstances and occasions. And uh, if you guys are interested in booking him for a show, actually hit him up at doclesnar at gmail.com. You could also follow him at Doc Lesnar on Instagram. I'm Doc Lesnar on Facebook as well as I'm Doc Lesnar on Twitter. That is my time. Once again, I am your host, Quincy Jones. Go. And I am tired from flying in from Chicago this morning. (laughs) Anyways, you guys have a good one. Until next time, Top Guy out.